And welcome to another edition of Scott Wheeler's Airplay. This is episode number 30, airing live right now from the Widecast Studios in downtown Peoria on Peoria Life's Facebook page. Remember, you can catch this episode, past episodes, and future episodes at Peoria Life's web portal, Peoria Life on Facebook. We have a YouTube channel, which we're streaming live to right now. And our friends over at Peoria TV, channel 17 on the i3 broadband system, Air Airplay as well. I'm Scott Wheeler from Super Hits WIRL, and Airplay is all about going behind the scenes to meet those radio and television folks who you hear on the air or watch every day, or even some behind-the-scenes work, which we're going to talk about today. Remember, you can also catch Airplay on Apple Podcasts if you're on the go. There isn't a radio station in Peoria that my guest has somehow not touched <clears throat> in one way or another. Uh, I consider him kind of a, a legend of Peoria Radio. We're talking, of course, about Wayne R. Miller, the guest today on Airplay. Welcome, Wayne. Thank you very much. Good to see you. Good to be here in this lovely studio. Yes. Love this. Enjoy it as well. So I thought I started in radio early at age 15. I started at 13. That amazes me. <laughs> at the iconic WHOW in, in Clinton, Clinton Illinois. the Big Red Barn, <laughs> right? right? It wasn't the barn at the time. It was downtown over the bank at the time. Okay. So when I started there. But I started, um, my dad took me down there. We were friends with the manager. And my dad took me down there one day. And uh, Bob Veach, who was the manager, said, you know, hang around here and look and see. And I kind of hung around, and, and I remember distinctly the smell of the radio station. Yeah. You remember probably at 15, it was a combination of warm electronics and cigarette smoke. <laughs> yes. And a little bit of grease, and, and just, just, I yes. mean, just, just a whole, and occasionally some perfume, and you know, uh, and I remember distinctly walking in there, and I was just like, oh, this, this, is, this is heaven. <laughs> I and found my people. So I started hanging around, and they, I, you had to have a license at that time to yeah. run a radio station. So when I was 13 years old, my dad popped me on a train to Chicago to meet a friend of his. We went to the Dirksen building, and I had my little study guide in my hand and got yelled at for carrying it in the room. Uh, and this big red-headed guy gave me this test, uh -huh. and I passed it. So I got my little blue certificate with the third phone and broadcast endorsement. Yeah. And uh, one Sunday afternoon, when I was 13, 14, right in that area, guy by the name of Len Freeman got snowed in and couldn't make it to in town to be on the air. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, that Miller kid's been hanging around. Let him do it. So I went on the air with gospel at time at 13 with gospel time and country music and had a ball all Sunday afternoon. And, and that was the beginning. And I have been in radio ever since that day. Was your voice in the uh, pre-13 range? Or the I remember doing commercials for... Um, uh, a, a, a dry cleaner in Decatur mm -hmm. with, and the gospel show. We had to do the commercials live. And I remember trying real hard to not, not let it do that. <laughs> you know, and, um, but yeah, I was, it was right at that Right at that point. So, so did you ride your bike to work? I did, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I rode my bike up to the square, went uptown, or went up, went up above the, the, uh, the bank, and um, there was the studio. And, went and so I wound up working Saturday afternoons and Sunday mornings mm -hmm. uh, for all through high school at the radio station. Mm -hmm. and, but you're exactly right. I had a 10-speed bike, and I would ride uptown, and then later I would drive, but um, just go up to the studio and 
Man, so when your dad took you there, you obviously had an interest already. What started this for you? What I captivated you? Don't really know. I've just had this desire to tinker. Uh -huh. I've always been kind of a geek and building mm -hmm. things in the basement and running mm -hmm. wires and playing with electric fence batteries and mm -hmm. shocking my brother and whatever <laughs> else I could do. And I just liked the smell of the tubes and the, you know, it's a wonder I didn't burn the house down because I really didn't know what I was doing, but I had a great, you know, a great deal of fun. And I, I built a lot of um, um, these, these transmitters, you know, broadcast across the room or broadcast to your right, neighbor's right. house. Well, you can cover a town with those if you really know what you're doing. Do a little research. And I promptly did. So I had, I had, some, I had some massive equipment in the basement that would do some real, really illegal things. Um, but I had a ball with it, and it just... I don't know, it, it just is got in your system, mm -hmm. and I could never leave the business ever. So then off to EIU, well, my wife's sure. alma mater, so I know much about uh, the radio stations down there. Well, Eastern Illinois University, the same guy that owned, uh, J.R. Livesey owned WHOW in Clinton, and he owned WLBH in Mattoon. Uh -huh. So when it was time to go to school, he said, come down, work for me in Mattoon. And I did 7 to Midnight on... It was my first introduction to beautiful music. Ah, yes. On WLBH FM all night. <laughs> uh, so I worked seven to, I think we signed off at 11, do my homework and then go to school and then come back at seven and do the same thing and then work mm -hmm. weekends. And uh, Ray and I got into a discussion one night when I played uh, a Doc Severinsen song on his FM station too late at night. <laughs> now, Doc Severinsen and the Tonight Show band, I didn't really see that was that big of a deal. And Ray just wailed on me for playing that rock and roll music. On, and I'm like, Ray, it's tonight. He would not listen to reason. So uh, station down the road, WEIC in Charleston. Yes, I remember. Had just gone top 40 and just gone 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And they also just passed the changed the law so that you could operate a directional AM lower powered with the third phone instead of having to have the first phone. Right, I remember that. So at that point in time, there was an opportunity to jump to top 40. Mm -hmm. So I left Ray, went over there, and Ray and I were great friends even after that. I mean, he still, we still talked with each other, mm -hmm. and he sent me Christmas cards. I mean, we, we had a, you know, we still had a good relationship. But Did you finish school? No. You didn't? No. Okay. Because I've always had this dilemma, you know, I did. What did you major in? I was in uh, secondary education. Really? They had a teacher's ed scholarship. Because, well, Eastern was a teacher's yes. university, so to speak. And so I was there and, you know, went two years and was actually doing pretty well. And I got this wild uh, hair one day to send some tapes out. Uh -huh. And one of them wound up with WIRL in Peoria. And so the story goes. In 1973. Uh -huh. And Bill McCluggage, who was the program director there, called me, scared me to death. And he says, why don't you come up and see us? Uh -huh. So I got in my Toyota and drove to Peoria. And it's, it's so funny. My daughter and I just got back from a trip to Florida. We were coming in real early in the morning into Peoria with the, on the interstate. And you see the outline of the buildings mm -hmm. and the bridge and everything. Mm -hmm. And I just mentioned to her, I said, that is the scene I saw in 1973 when I drove up here to yeah, interview at yeah. WIRL. I was 17 years old. Wow. So I was 17 or 18. <laughs> Trying to remember, I couldn't really drink it when we went to jock parties. I think I was 18, and drinking age was 21 then. Uh -huh. um, so I, I, I said, that's the first scene I saw yep. of Peoria, and it's still beautiful. It's iconic. It really is. Yeah. It really looks great. Peoria is a real city yep. when you come around that. Well, curve. when you come from Charleston, where there's, well, there's 11,000 people, <laughs> unless the university's in, and then there's like 20. 
Um, and you come to Peoria, it's like, oh my God, I have arrived. Mm-hmm. And and I have to say that the money was uh, commensurately larger too. I wasn't getting rich, but it was like, <laughs> you're going to pay me what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think uh, people don't realize that's 1973. We were talking before we got started. There were essentially three AM stations yep, in Peoria at that time, and WIRL was just a monster. You must have felt like you were stepping into the big time. Oh, I did. I felt like you're, you're moving into, I mean, this is like going from Peoria to, you know, Bob Hale went from Peoria to Chicago uh-huh. when LS first turned. Mm-hmm. I can imagine what he felt like because it was that kind of a jump mm-hmm. to go, I mean, just you know, into a huge number of people. And, of course, the Metro at that time was growing instead of shrinking. Mm-hmm. So we were looking at, you know, maybe, I don't remember the exact numbers, but 300000 for the Metro kind of comes to mind mm-hmm. as, as to what it was totally. And I did uh, overnights for about six months, and then put, they put me in afternoons. And I have Arbitron books that show me with a 67 share 12 plus. So, so 67% of the people listening to the radio are on We're listening IRL. to WIRL and to me. <laughs> and I'm like, holy cow, we were, we were truly gods from a box. And those numbers are like five now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Even the best is you get a six or a seven, and you're doing great. You're yep. on top of the world. And at the time, you're right, there were three stations. There was WMED AM, uh, WXCL, which, which was a country station, and WIRL. Now, we had some FMs. Um, WMED FM, I think, was music for lovers, yeah. as I recall. <laughs> uh, SWT, which had just been bought by WIRL, because WIRL owned the TV station for a while, mm-hmm. and they sold it right before I got here mm-hmm. and used that, that money to buy WUHN from the Journal Star, which became WSWT. All music, all the time. Which we also did out, out on the hill, too, by the way. Uh, it's kind of a contrast between the two radio stations. But the FM audience was just, it just didn't exist. Yeah, right. There was just nobody there. Uh-huh. And then it became, I don't know, you were part of the death of AM. <laughs> yes, I know. As, as it all came along, good friend of mine, uh, Brian, um, yes, that's a good friend, I can't remember his name, uh, in Columbus, Ohio, called me, on, called me on the phone one day, and he says, Wayne, get out. He said, th- he said, we just got our clock cleaned by an FM in one book and didn't even see it coming. He said, move on, do something else, wow. but your days are numbered. Yeah. You know? We're talking about KZ93. Right. And, then, and, then, and then KZ93, which was... Uh, it was uh, the music for lovers, then it was the rock. I remember yes. the rock, rock ninety three, yeah. right. and then KZ hit and top forty, and mm-hmm. and it was pretty much you know game and set. And then you had CT came along with the album station, and so the market just just splintered. Mm-hmm. But you know, for that little magical time, and it was from about nineteen sixty, I think WIRL went top forty, pretty much full blown in 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 the early 60s, 62, 63. And it lasted a good 10 years, into mm-hmm. the 73, 74, 75, right mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. And by that time, things had changed. And, right. and you know, it's just the evolution of the industry. So you and I both work at present-day WIRL. I'm so fascinated by the, its history. What was it like in its heyday? What was the vibe? Is there a story that kind of encapsulates? <laughs> you know, we did, we did so many things for the community. 
Um, and we did, we, you know, and of course you got this successful top 40 radio station and the, right in the middle of everything, Mort Cantor comes along and does a Bradley basketball game. We always thought that was weird, but you know what? It fit what we were doing uh -huh. because it fit the lifestyle. The people yeah. that listened to Bradley and Mort also liked our radio station. Mm -hmm. We used to do a thing called the Walk for Mankind where we, all yeah. the jocks walked for 20 miles to raise money for uh, that charity. And I'm not even sure it even exists anymore in, in, in that uh, um, uh, in that form. But we went out and everybody walked and we had a great time. Um, we used to do Operation Santa Claus every year. Yes. Where we all got together and we hired a Santa Claus and we took him around to people who, we, we, we did a lot of charity work where people who, you know, the kids really wanted to see Santa, but they really couldn't afford anything. And we took them presents and mm -hmm. prizes and, and Santa Claus out to deliver the stuff. And then other people made donations for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we would sit in the studio. Robin Weaver wound, and I wound up anchoring that most of the time. Mm -hmm. So every year, Robin and I were in the studio. Everybody else was out. And we read the donations, the pledges. And unfortunately, we read them pretty much as they came in. And I announced a pledge of, you know, I don't know, $100 from the Bradley Athletic supporters. I thought Weaver was going to die. <laughs> I thought he was going to fall right off of his chair because I did it so nonchalantly, the Bradley Athletic supporters. And he said something about, yeah, how's their cups? And it was just, I mean, it, 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 it just, <laughs> that was, those, those were really fun nights. But, you know, we were we were a, a bunch of long-haired hippie jocks. We were all friends with each other. We all hung with each other. A few of us had family here, so mm -hmm. we did holidays and things together. But the electricity when you walked into that building and the music—I mean, it was just—it it is very, very hard to mm -hmm. hard hard to to recreate that because now, and it was all records. I mean, we were there was yeah. there was not a computer. A computer hadn't been invented <laughs> yet, so we're playing forty fives and albums. And smoking cigarettes, oh my, you'd open the door to the studio and this, this, this haze would come out of the room. And, you know, we were pranking each other and, you know, somebody would lock somebody in the bathroom while the song was ending. I mean, were just, we just did all kinds of little things. Or, you know, the, 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 you know, the setting the news copy on fire. And then, of course, our news director was Ira Bittner and our news department was really good. We had six or seven people in the news department. Wow. And Ira Unheard was, of. Ira was iron-fisted. And, of course, you had the same thing over at the other place, too, uh -huh. over at MBD. Yeah. You know, I, they were not as involved with you because of KZ, mm -hmm. but still the MBD news, I mean, news was important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it still is important at WMBD mm -hmm. um, because WMBD, now we're all one family instead right. of competing with each other. Um, I think it's amazing that when I came up here, WIRL had five full-time engineers. And I know at your place you had because he had the TV station, so that right. changed it a little bit, but at least four or five yep. dedicated just to the radio stations. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's eight between those two stations, plus the others that we've all put together. And now I've got eight radio stations and me. Yep. <laughs> Flip. <laughs> so so I, have, I have evolved into the... Into, and that's part of my, you know, my, the technical part of me. I've always been a geek. I'm a ham radio operator. I, I love the technical side of it. Mm. And I continue to, you know... I, I tried to retire in 2000, and a tower fell down in Groveland. <laughs> Remember the that. engineer for W, and that was at the time when WMBD, WIRL, and WSWT and 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 PBG um, were coming. And PBG was big oldies, I think, at the time. Yep. We were mm -hmm. coming together, mm -hmm. and the tower fell down. And so we're trying to move these radio stations. And Mark Hill called me on the phone, and he said, "Can you help a little bit?" 
And I went, you know, I really kind of just want to take it easy. Oh, come on, it'll be fun. So that was in that was in 2000. So <laughs> 20 years later, still having fun. Marcus, yeah, Marcus since retired. I moved up, taken over everything. And I'm looking around for somebody to replace me. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's nobody there. <laughs> Call Mark. <laughs> want to have some fun. <laughs> so before we get to the engineering thing, um, at, at one point you went to the dark side. Uh, in sales and <laughs> oh, yeah. you were a general manager. You were a sales guy. Uh, what I, in, uh, I was, money? Well, <laughs> exactly. Uh, here's how I explain it. I became a jock. I became an engineer because I liked to tinker. I mm -hmm. became a jock because, quite frankly, the jocks got all the, the girls. girls. There yes. you go. Okay. And then I noticed that the salespeople were making all this money. And I'm like, well, you know, and I, and I got fired from WIRL. Um, I did not notice. I didn't know how it, how it worked. Mm -hmm. WIRL was part of a chain of radio stations that were looking to advance talent all the time. So they would develop talent someplace and move them up and move. And, mm -hmm. and they told me one day when they when they fired me, they said, uh, "Well, here's the deal: we don't want our jocks buying houses and having babies and living in town because we want you to be trying to go somewhere else. Because if you're going somewhere else, that means that we're going to get the best that you can do." because you're trying to go someplace mm -hmm. else. That someplace else would have been Milwaukee. Uh, and I did get the call to go to Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And it would have been overnights in Milwaukee with a, with a chance for advancement at WOKY, which was the monster in oh, Milwaukee yeah. at the time. And I went, you know, gee, I'm doing afternoons here, and I'm going to do overnights up there, and the money's pretty good, but I could, you know. So I turned it down. And the guy, I don't remember the gentleman's name, and he gave me some great advice. He said, he said, I'm just going to tell you something. He says, as you go through life, you'll look up and you'll see these rings that go by. And every once in a while, one of them is gold. He said, you've got a gold ring in front of you right now. Whether you grab it or not is entirely up to you. But you're not going to go to Chicago or California or any place without going through Milwaukee or Columbus or one of these other places. So grab the ring, let's go and get you started. And I often wonder what would have happened. I would have either been uh, in New York, I'd have been a game show host in California, uh, I could have made it to Chicago finally, um, or I could have been a drunk on the streets in Milwaukee. One of those was going to occur. It didn't turn out too bad, but, but you've got to wonder what would have happened if I'd grabbed that and gone, and because in Milwaukee they could give me the training that I could never get in Peoria mm -hmm. because that's not what we were geared for, mm -hmm. because they would have trained me in Milwaukee to go on to something even bigger. Right. And uh, who knows what would have happened. But, but it, it's been a good ride. I've enjoyed it. So now you're essentially the chief engineer for every radio station you ever worked for. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Including, yeah. well, well, I went to, when I left, when I got fired from WIRL, I decided to go into the sales, sales area because they made money. And I went to work for WTAZ 1023 in Morton uh -huh. at the time uh -huh. and trained to be a salesperson over there. And then came back from that to WXCL, and then from WXCL back to WIRL and WSWT. <laughs> and then I wound up being the general manager of WIRL and WSWT. So I just floated around to all these radio stations. Uh, and then I got fired from that, and that was when I decided I'm done. I'm, I've, I've had it. Mm -hmm. um, and I went to work for WYZZ-TV for a little while, thinking that would be fun. Oh, it's not. It's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Television is so limiting. There's no imagination. It's yeah. so structured. And um, after that, I went back to uh, WWCT. Right. 
Rock 106. I was there for a very long time. Yeah. I had a great run there as a salesperson, and we developed the internet there. We developed first websites in Peoria mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Did a lot of stuff. And then it was sold to um, our good friend Bob Kelly, uh, who had WXCL at the time, <laughs> and it just all went to hell. <laughs> yeah. There's a legendary so, story with that. Too. So we wound up, and the legendary story there is Bob defaulted on the agreement to buy the station. Yep. So John Simmons and I stole it back. Went, out to, the, it back. went out to the transmitter site <laughs> and we stole it back. We moved the cable, you know, and we moved it at a very opportune point because Bob Kelly, the IDs on all of his stations were, you know, Rock 106, WWCT Peoria, another Kelly communication station. And I had my hand on the connector <laughs> as the ID went by and it went another kip. <laughs> And I put it in our processor, and John Simmons came on, and the first thing he said was, not another Kelly communication station. We played Walk Into the Jungle, and that was the weekend of pirate radio. Yes, and it is probably still to this day one of the greatest Peoria it was, radio stories. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a phenomenal weekend. We had one of the TV stations with us, um, I think 19. Um, someone caught wind or came by the office to see and notice that we were dressed differently <laughs> and thought, these guys are going somewhere. And, and we're like, we can't stop you if you come along. So they had, they had video of us pulling the plugs yeah. and, uh, and that was a great weekend. And then we took the station back and ran it for another year yeah. um, and with phenomenal ratings. It was lightning in a bottle because, yeah, yeah. because it had been beaten down so bad and right. we just did a free for all. Mm -hmm. I was the program director <laughs> and I told my guys, I said, here's the playlist. Please consider this to be a suggestion. <laughs> Quite frankly, do what you like. I want my play night. Doc Severinsen at ten. If I you want, want. My, I want my night. I want my night guy having. Um, you know, I want my night guy to bring some bands in and put them on the air. I said, well, what else are we going to do? Let's just do it. And I did middays just for fun. I did uh, what we call the ten o'clock office block, where you fax any three songs to me, mm -hmm. and I'll play them. Mm -hmm. And we wound up playing "Stroking" by Clarence Carter. Uh -huh. uh, a lot of. A lot of stuff that I think the, the, the I pushed everybody over the edge with the Garth Brooks one day, friends in low places. But you know what? The entire audience of CT at the time had been in bars. Mm -hmm. They sang that song. They were drunk. <laughs> it, it fit. So, but we we did phenomenally well for that year, and then sold it again. And now I'm I. It's uh, part of another group in town now. They're at X Rock or whatever. Uh -huh. I, I I seldom ever drop by to uh -huh. see what you know see what they're doing. But, you know, things of how things have changed. But, yeah, I'm basically the chief engineer for every um, station that I've ever worked for. <laughs> and I'm, the, I'm an assistant engineer to every other station in town based on their need at the time. Right. If you need something, I'll be there. Yeah. I'm currently doing the, working on a project for GLT and, uh, and WCBU mm -hmm. as they are joining together. Right. I've been right. doing some engineering work for them. Unfortunately, I've, my back is causing me some issues, so I've not been able to you know, do as mm -hmm. much as I want to do. But... I, I take care of about 45 radio stations um, as far north as uh, Sterling, mm -hmm. and Kiwani, uh, Galesburg, Macomb, Big Circle, Effingham to the south, Champaign-Urbana. Mm -hmm. So I do a, lot of, uh, do a lot of traveling, a lot of work, a lot mm -hmm. of consulting. Mm -hmm. Well, I told you this would go fast. We're out of time. Oh, gee. But we'll have you there back. There were so many stories I wanted to tell. I know. When you're feeling better especially, <laughs> we'll have you back. My guest has been Wayne R. Miller legendary Peoria radio guy. Thanks to him for being here. Thanks to you for watching. Remember, you can catch this on Peoria Life's web portal, Facebook, 
YouTube and Peoria TV, channel 17 on the i3 broadband system. I'm Scott Wheeler from Super Hits WIRL, and thanks for watching. Airplay. PeoriaLife.com.